Well, good morning, everyone. I invite everybody to come in and sit down. I just want to welcome you to Country Christian this morning. Um, beautiful day out there. Um, it was fun to see everybody come up to the sunrise service. It was a, probably the nicest Easter morning sunrise service we've ever had. It was pretty warm for April. Um, as I was studying this week, I figured, you know, Easter Sunday, I'll be, I'll be easy. Well, yes and no. It was just kind of one of those, how do you take something so great and amazing, what Jesus did for us, and condense it into a few-minute opening? And I was just, as I was reading, the one thing that just still cannot fathom is his love for us. You know, here's a guy that came to this earth with the sole purpose of to love us and show us how to live and then to ultimately be our answer. And, you know, he, he did nothing wrong and people hated him. He loved and helped and healed. And it was just... What just blew my mind was during, here's the crucifixion, they tortured him, put him on the cross, and though it's just even the part of this verse, Luke 23, 34, where Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And it's just, even in that time where they're just beating him, that he, he's not angry at them. He loves them. And he just, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I get so bent out of shape over, you know, somebody says something to you that just sets you off. And it's like, I mean, they were physically beating him, and all he could do was love them. And just, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. And even just, you know, the, the two guys that are on the cross with him later on, down in verse 40, um, one of the criminals, the two were talking back and forth and says, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man has not done anything wrong. And just that he lived a perfect life and yet was crucified for us. And just his love is amazing. And um, I'm going to read Psalms 150. It just stood out to me. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with a lyre and harp. Praise him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise him with string flutes, strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, just, uh, yeah. As we worship this morning, um, a couple things. We have the cross. We're going to decorate that. And... Um, 
So if everybody remains seated for the first couple songs, Jenna will have you guys come up or stand up whenever it's time. Uh, the little ones or anyone that really wants to help decorate the cross, put a flower on there, uh, you're more than welcome to go in the back and then they will show you the way up here and just uh, make this cross beautiful. Um, so anyway, I'll pray, and then I'll invite the worship team up. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for today. I want to thank you so much for the sacrifice and the example that you have set for us, Lord, of just your love, and just pray that we would uh, just never take that for granted. Just pray that you would bless this morning. Amen. Okay, so the kids can go out if they'd like now. Okay. <laughs> Lord, I just want to thank you for Pastor Jason just uh, bringing your word to us this morning. Just pray that you would uh, bless this time. Pray that we would hear the words that you have for us. Amen. Good morning. He is risen. We had a beautiful sunrise service this morning. It was, it was probably the warmest it's been up there ever. And beautiful morning. So isn't this, pretty, isn't this beautiful, the cross? You know, I've been looking forward to this <clears throat> day for a while. Um, it's just a special day. It's the reason that we it's the reason that we get up every morning. It's the reason that we live. Jaden, I really appreciate what you shared. Amazing love. How could that possibly be? Why would he have came and died while we were still sinners? We hadn't even committed to him. We hadn't even agreed to love him. We hadn't even showed that we loved him. And he still came and he died. And Jaden set the tone with somebody crying already, so I may not make it very far. But that's okay, because really, if you think about it, if you're that overwhelmed, if we really understand and we truly are, are striving to learn and understand what that really means to be loved by God, that is very, very overwhelming. It's very overwhelming, because we can't, we can't even fathom, we can't even understand what that is, don't even understand what that means. But this is Easter. This is the day we celebrate that Christ did not stay in the grave. He rose again. And I am going to read from Matthew chapter 28, 
<clears throat> what happened early that morning, and then we're going to back up and talk a little bit about some of the things that have happened. The more that I read and study through the Bible, you know, last week I talked about having aha moments and things that all of a sudden it's like a light bulb comes on and you understand something different. Everywhere that we read, Paul, this morning, I appreciate what you said. It's really easy this time of year to get distracted and to forget what's really important and to get our priorities in the wrong place. It's really, really easy to do, especially if you're in any kind of farming because this time of year gets really busy. And then you put Easter right in the middle of it. And, you know, really the most important part is Easter. It really is. It's not that the other things aren't important, but let's remember. And I have to say, just a good reminder for me as well to keep my focus. Let's keep our eyes fixed. Transfixed is like the song that we sang. Did you listen to were you Were you comprehending some of the words of the songs that we were singing? Those are powerful songs. Matthew chapter 28. I did not get any uh, scripture verses back there, so you can have to look it up in your own Bible. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And if you read different places, and it's in all four of the Gospels, in some places people believed him. In a lot of places, people didn't believe him because until they could see it with their own eyes, they weren't going to believe it. But Jesus had indeed risen from the dead. He was alive again. And you know, the, the chief priests and the Romans were afraid this might happen. And if you go a little bit farther in verse 28, it even says that they paid the guards to say that somebody came and took his body. And then it goes on to say that that is even told still today. Even today, there's people that say, well, actually, you know, his body was taken and nobody ever found it. Well, that's, that's kind of a lame excuse because they don't want to believe what really happened. Because if Jesus has indeed risen from the dead, this creates a whole nother issue for the chief priests of that day. I serve a risen Savior and he's in the world today. I know that he is with me whatever men may say. I serve a risen Savior today. Why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to die? If you read, the more, again, the more that I read and the more that I study, <clears throat> I don't know that I know anymore, maybe understand a little bit more, or maybe the Holy Spirit gives me little bits and pieces to understand better, but everything, everything in this book, everything in the word of God, everything, and I want to emphasize everything points to Jesus. I don't care if you're reading in Genesis or in Deuteronomy or in Isaiah 
or Ezekiel like we heard this morning, everything in this book points to Jesus. All of it. All of it does. Sometimes I'm a little bit unsure of how it might point to Jesus, but it does. Because Jesus came up with the plan of salvation. And this is the reason that he had to die. And the Old Testament was full of sacrifices. We've been reading about that a little bit. Uh, They had to sacrifice for everything. And they had to pick, we talked about Passover last week, which is a little bit, and they had to pick a spotless lamb, a lamb without blemish. And they had to pick one. And then they had to sacrifice that one. And they did it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that's not, I didn't even get started with how many times they had to do it. They had to do it a lot. And so Caleb was sharing this morning how Jesus came and he didn't do anything wrong. He lived a perfect life. He lived a blameless life. He never, the only person that never sinned. And this was the perfect lamb. This was the spotless Lamb, this was the lamb without blemish that was sacrificed for you and for me. It was impossible to keep what all of the chief priests said had to be done and all of the sacrifice. It wasn't wasn't even possible. They did and they tried and they did their best, but it was impossible to do. And what was impossible to do then, Jesus made possible with with one act. He made all of that possible. In Matthew, I want to jump back one chapter. We talked last, well, last week a little bit, the the chief priests and the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they're all questioning Jesus and they're questioning him and asking him this and asking him that. You know what they're, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to find something wrong. They're trying to find find a blemish. They're trying to find some imperfection in who he is and they couldn't find it. It wasn't there. It was not to be found because he had lived a perfect life. If we go back to Matthew 27, and I want to read 27 through 31. And this is after they have arrested him, after they have had a trial, and and Pilate turns them over to the soldiers. And it says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head, and when they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Now you can say, man, this is brutal. This is ugly. You're right. It was. It was because they did literally crucify him. Crucify, crucifixion was one of the least desirable ways to die. It was painful. They suffered. They ended up breaking their legs so that they couldn't breathe anymore. And so they technically they died from asphyxiation, from not being able to breathe. They didn't break Jesus' bones, though, because the scripture was very clear in saying that not, any, not one bone of his body would be broken. And it wasn't. Because he willingly hung on the cross for us. He willingly, and this is part of this amazing love that we can't understand or even fathom. Why would he willingly go to the cross? Why would he do that? It's because he loves you. It's because he came up with a plan of salvation, of redemption 
for you. Because ever since Adam and Eve sinned, clear back in the beginning of the, of the Bible, we've been living under the sinful nature. Everybody, everyone, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But Jesus was beaten. He was mocked. They were, because, because you remember what they put on the top of the cross was here, uh, King of the Jews. They put it up on the top. They were treating him. They were mocking him, you know, putting a, a reed in his hand and putting a crown on his head. And they were mocking him. But he still was willing to stay there and take that for us. For me, he was willing to take that for me. I can't understand that. I don't think I would be willing to do that. I would like to say that I would be, but I don't think I would be because I don't like to be in pain. Jesus was falsely accused. He was flogged. He wore a crown of thorns. He was mocked. He was spit on, and he was made fun of, and he endured all of this for you and for me. He endured it for us. Matthew 27 and verses 45 through 54 now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, to, said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many." So when the centurion and those who were guarding and those with him were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly and said, truly, this man was the Son of God. Now, I was saying how the more you read and the more things kind of make sense, it was no, there's no coincidences in Scripture. I don't believe there's coincidences in Scripture. Because Jesus died at around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 3 o'clock in the afternoon would have been a very common time that the priests would be in the temple offering the afternoon sacrifice. Coincidence? No, I don't think so. Because this was the ultimate sacrifice that was to be offered. Jesus was the spotless lamb. He is the spotless lamb, and he sacrificed himself at the same time so that when he is dying on the cross, the priests are in the temple getting ready to offer their sacrifices, and the veil that it's talking about is the place, it, it, it's the veil that separates the temple and the holy from the holy of holies, where only the priests were able to go. Only the priests could communicate directly with God, and everybody else had to go through the priests. They had to offer all these sacrifices. They had to go through the priests, and this veil was huge. This was no small thing. I was reading somewhere it took four or five guys to carry the thing. And if you notice, it says it ripped from top to bottom, from top to bottom. That's not a coincidence either. That's only something that God can do. And so the coincidence, not no coincidence, but the timing of when the priests were in offering the sacrifice, they were probably, some of them were there, there when that veil was torn. 
And when that veil was torn, that simply meant that now we don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to offer sacrifices for when we do things wrong. We can go straight to the Father. Because Jesus came. And he offered the ultimate sacrifice. One last sacrifice that had to be offered. And then no more ever need to be offered. There is no need for a sacrifice to be offered anymore because Jesus has done that. Jesus gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice, the final sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice to once and for all take your sins and to take my sins away. Jesus died for each one of us. He died for everybody. And again, while we were still sinners, he died. We're going to have a visual uh, aid today, if you want to call it. And so here's what I'm going to do. Shamgar, would you take one of these back to the back row, one on this side, one on that side? And then I'm going to start the other one right here. Here's what you're going to do. If you have a pen or somebody around you has a pen or there's a few pens that I've scattered through the back of the benches here, I'm going to, I want everyone to take one of those papers, pass it on. I want everybody to get one of those papers. And I want, to, I want to, just a, a, a visual understanding of what happened. This is what I want you to write. Okay, It's going to take just a little bit, but that's okay. Just keep those things moving. I want you to write my past, present, and future sins. And I want you to sign your name. My past, present, and future sins. And I want you to sign your name. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm saying that, I, w- I thought about asking you just to write something, but I, that would take a lot longer. And plus, besides the fact that when Jesus died, that's what he took care of. He took care of the sins that you committed in the past. He took care of where you are right now. And he's also taken care of what we're going to do in the future. Because we live in a broken world and we sin. But he's covered that. He's already covered that. He's taken care of it. He has paid the penalty for sin because the penalty of sin is death. For the sin that we have, have committed, we deserve to die. We deserve to die. But when Jesus came and died on that cross, he took that punishment for us. It's incredible, absolutely incredible, if we can grasp and realize what really happened on that cross so many years ago. And today's just the day that we celebrate this. It doesn't change the fact that tomorrow it's still the same. This is just the one day of the year that we we set aside to celebrate what actually happened because this is true 365 days a year. This never changes. Jesus doesn't change. What he did for us doesn't change. What you do in the future or what you do later today isn't going to change what he accomplished here on the cross. It's not going to change. The cross is made to be ugly and not very pretty. It was a, it was a gruesome sight. It was a bloody sight. It was a gory sight. It wasn't very nice to look at. But he chose that way because he wanted everybody to know. He wanted people to be able to see. He wanted 
people because everybody was there. A lot of people were there watching what was happening. They were watching him be crucified. And he did it even for them. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I can't imagine, I can't quite grasp what that really means. Because they're driving the nails into his hands and this is what he's feeling towards them. He's not feeling anger. He's not feeling upset. He's feeling regret and love for them. Even the people that are pounding the nails into his hands and into his feet. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for each one of us. Romans 3.23 says, And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody, that is everybody, myself included, everybody has sinned. And there's no way that we can possibly come anywhere close to accomplishing what Jesus did on our own. It, we, we needed him to do what he did so that we could live free, so that we can live forgiven, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life, and that's through Jesus Christ. It's through what he did on the cross. Last week I read uh, John 14.6 that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That's what is being accomplished right here. He's saying, I'm the way. I am the way. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So if you're looking for an answer, if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for hope, you need not look any farther than Jesus because he is our hope. He is our peace. He is our comfort. He is our rock. You name it, whatever you want to call it, that's what he is because of what he's done for you and I. When we get done passing those, actually, we could probably start, keep going with those sticky notes. I guess I didn't take one for myself. Oh, well. But I'm going to have you come up here, and you're going to stick that onto the cross. I don't know if it'll stay or not, but we're going to try it. Everybody that wrote on there, we're going to have you come up here, and all at once, however you want to do it, but come up here, stick that somewhere on that cross. Because this is what he did. I want the visual picture that, so that we can understand this is what he did. He took all of our sins, past, present, and future, all of them. They're gone. We don't have to pay the penalty for those anymore. He's paid the penalty. He's taken the consequence for our sin. On himself. It's overwhelming. If you're done, there's some coming from the back and the front, but if you're done, come up here and stick yours on the cross. I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you have been saved for quite some time, maybe you never have been. But however much of it you understand now, 
with this illustration, hopefully you understand a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I think it's very ironic that we stand up here and we try to make him stick to the cross. I just, I didn't really think about that ahead of time, but they don't, though. They don't stick. They won't stay. Because when Christ died, when he died, he took them all away. All of them were gone. And we're sitting up here, and we're trying to force them to stick on the cross. But when Christ died on the cross, he said, you know what? I took care of all of them. And they're not there. They're not there anymore. Not anymore. In fact, I'm just going to take this out and lay it down. Because when Christ died on the cross, he took away the ugly picture of the cross, and this is what he replaced it with. No, not a cross with flowers, but he made the cross beautiful. He died a gruesome and an awful death, but he did it for us. He did it to forgive our sins. They're gone, and we don't have to try to force them to stick onto the cross. We don't have to try to pick them back up again because they're gone. And I don't, I don't quite understand, and I can't hardly fathom what that means, that they're gone. But they're gone. And he says, I won't remember them. They're going to remove them as far as the east is from the west. And if you ever try to figure that one out, let me know. Because he uses these words that are really hard to understand. And the reason is, is because we don't. And we can't but they're gone. They're all gone. All of your sins are forgiven. And the gift, that salvation that Christ came and set up, because he knew what we were going to do. He knew that we were going to mess up. He knew we were going to screw things up. But he still wanted a relationship with us. And so he still continued with his plan. As you read through all of the Old Testament, you see everything that is happening pointing to what happened right here that we celebrated with Easter. Everything is pointing to that. Everything is pointing to Jesus. If we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And even when the people were living here with Jesus with them and they could physically see him, they had a hard time keeping their eyes fixed on Jesus. But now we're asked to do it by faith. The gift of salvation is a free gift. I'll never forget the illustration that was used with a stick. It was a cane or something. And it was uh, Julian Prannell's the one that did it. I'll never forget it. He had a stick. And he said, let's just pretend that this stick is salvation. I don't even have anything up here with me, but that's okay. It's salvation. And he said, it's here. It's available. But all you have to do is you have to take it. It doesn't cost. It's free. It's free. The gift of salvation is free. But you have to take it. You have to accept him. You have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's all there is to it. It sounds very simple. It is set up very simple. And the reason that it gets so complicated is because I complicate it. And I start to think there's absolutely no way. Is there anything in this world that you get for free anymore? Nothing. Nobody does anything for free anymore. Nobody does anything just out of the goodness of their Just because I wanted to bless you. Well, I mean, maybe occasionally it happens, but for the most part, it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen. There's always a catch. It's always going to cost something. Well, how much is that going to cost? It costs Jesus his life. But he did that because he loves you and he loves me. That's the reason he did it. 
I want to open up the front here just for a little bit. I don't know if Jana, would you and Carlin come back up here? Maybe Joel? And just sing through uh, one of those first songs that you did. I had one in mind. I want to open up the front. If you don't know who Jesus is, I want to um, invite you to come and know, get to know him. Uh, Jesus paid it all. I want you to come up and get to know him. They're going to sing through this song again. Jesus paid it all because that's exactly what he did. And when he died on this cross, paid for it all. Sins are gone. They're gone. Salvation is a free gift and it's available at any time. But the Bible also says that today is the day of salvation. And what better day than the day that we're celebrating the resurrected Christ. My Savior lives. I serve a risen Savior and he's in the world today. If you don't know who Jesus is, I would invite you to come and get to know him. I can pray with you or one of the other elders can pray with you or somebody you know, you trust can pray with you. This is the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life. Because where you go after this life is determined by that decision right there. It's all based on that. The only thing that we have, the hope that we have, is in the resurrection. The hope that we have is that Jesus is no longer in the grave, but he's alive. Stand up, if you would, with me. And they're going to sing. Keep our focus on who he is. If you need prayer, or if you want to pray with somebody, I'd just say you, you can accept Christ at any time. He's always there. He's always there. I just want to encourage you to watch for him, to look for him, to seek him, because he is seeking you. Father, thank you for your love this morning. I thank you for that you're alive. Thank you that you rose from the dead and that you took our sins, all of them past, present, and future. I pray that you would help us to <clears throat> grasp just a little bit more of that today. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Just pray that as we go about our day, that we can uh, remember the reason that we celebrate this morning. We love you. Just pray a blessing on everyone's day this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You can.